Frank. Frank, come on, man. Can I Be Frank is all about capturing real, authentic, unedited conversation. Please do consider supporting the process of podcasting and video making on Patreon or through PayPal. I will put some links in the description below. Thanks, Emil. <laughs> it's a, a kind of a you know top of running and doing very long workouts and muscling up and doing fast and continuously and all that sort of stuff. So it's trying to get to four hours. Like apparently only twenty five percent of people do a marathon in under four hours. So that would be an achievement to do that. And keep your breathing up and the cold. You know what? I, I, that's a great idea. Yeah. And the reason I say it is that. Um, myself and another Wim Hof instructor Emma we were teaching this group in Poland and she ran a marathon yeah with very little training just using the Wim Hof method as as the kind of catalyst for it and her training was the breathing and the cold and the press ups and a few things like that and then which is an amazing feat to be able to do it you know to keep the body balanced and alkaline enough to, to, to complete the marathon then she was telling me shortly afterwards she decided to run an ultra marathon with very little no training fucking hell yeah that's my reaction as well and so she ran that she was saying she cycled six miles to the start of it ran the whole thing and cycled back home again and when you say very little training you no even... running training so just so when she's running in the marathon she's using the breath continuous kind of focus on the breath to keep the body relaxed to keep the body balanced to keep if the body's alkaline the theory is that it can keep moving forever. Yeah. It's when we get tired, um, when the, bo- the chemistry of the body goes off, we start to get tired and joints start to ache and we start to lose our energy and everything. Yeah. And um, she was telling me the story, I couldn't believe it. And she was showing me these messages from other ultra marathon people that she knew that she was training with. Yeah. And um, it was hilarious to see the reaction because obviously they're dedicated their lives to yeah. eating properly, training in a certain way. And along comes Emma. And runs a marathon and an ultra marathon with very little training. <laughs> I think that's fucking amazing. It and is. I genuinely amazing because, uh, I mean, I probably could run a marathon tomorrow, but in my mind, I go, no, I'm not ready yet now. I have to keep, you know, I have to keep the things going up and up and up and up, and then I'll be ready. See, and I think that's where the limitation is. So, um, Wim Hof himself has obviously run marathons in deserts and. Polar ice caps again with very little training, yeah, and using the breathing and using the experience of the cold to kind of break through that mental block. So, yeah, because I would have been the same before from all the years playing basketball and everything, where I'd feel if I'm going to an international tournament, okay, I need to be doing all this types of training in order to be ready. But in fact, when I look back at it, all that training was actually just preparing my mind to feel that it was ready to compete. Yeah, you know. So when Emma went and did this ultra marathon. All the other ultramarathon runners were flabbergasted and a bit annoyed because it <laughs> kind of, because it undermines a lot of 
what the hell are they doing? <laughs> this, it's like you have to earn it. <laughs> that's exactly I think it's brilliant. She's I'd love to talk to her. I think that's really amazing. She's um, great, yeah. She's really great. Um, I'll, I'll send you on her details. She's brilliant. She's, she's kind of based in Cumbria um, in, in the UK. And she takes people out doing Wim Hof Method out in, out in nature a lot, out in the rivers and the, yeah. the waterfalls. Okay. Um, but when I think back, like when I was playing basketball for Ireland, I remember there was a tournament coming up just maybe two weeks before my leaving search. Mm. And most of my peers on the team were saying, oh no, they're going to not go. It was in Paris, not going to play this. But I was saying to myself, look, I'm, I'm studying really hard. Um, I'm going to go get ready, get my leave insert stuff done, go to Paris, play, and then come back and do my exams. But because I hadn't been training as much because I was studying, I wasn't mentally prepared. I, in my mind, I'd nearly convinced myself that I wasn't prepared enough to play in the tournament. Yeah. And like my performance there was grand, but it was nothing like my previous performances. Yeah. And that was all a mental, because I was still as fit. You know, I'd only been studying a couple of weeks, you know. Yeah. But it was, the mind wasn't right. My mindset wasn't right. I had nearly ta- talked myself into playing poorly or not as well as I could because I didn't feel as prepared. Yeah. And now I think back, if I had the kind of, the school, the tools of the breathing and the cold, of course you, your mindset would be, you can change your mindset immediately doing the cold or uh, a cold shower or a little bit of breathing. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's so, so it would have been so beneficial to me as an international athlete to have something like that in my back pocket. Well, maybe then just for context and for whatever, maybe we should talk a little bit about it. I've, I've pressed the record button. Of course, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe you should give us um, give a, just a background. Give us... Uh, give... Um, give a background on Wim Hof what is this Wim Hof method why is it good or whatever you know some sort of intro to it maybe yeah without, without you know I suppose the simplest way to describe it is that it's a very effective scientifically proven way of dramatically improving your health mm. dramatically improving how you feel uh, and making you stronger mm. and the, the way we do it is um simple but kind of unique breathing exercises mm. and then introducing the cold as a stimulus for the body so gradually using the cold to help us build up our immune system help us build up our energy and learning how to combine the breathing and the cold uh, together so we're using the breathing and to enable us to kind of relax in, in something as uncomfortable as as freezing water mm. or ice and the thing that weaves those two parts together is the focus, is the mind. Mm. So uh, we're using the breath and the cold to kind of sharpen the focus and enable us to keep our focus no matter what the pressure is. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. So it's like you're obviously an instructor in this. Uh, uh, when we did our first podcast together, yeah. you were. So when was that? That was, that was a year ago. Over a year ago, probably. So I think I was on my way out to Poland to, to the last bit, or was I just back from Poland? No, actually, I think you hadn't set up. You weren't uh, out there. Yes. Okay. But the, there was the rumblings had begun. Yes, you'd put had. something about Wim Hof, and I found you through that's a website. Right. But I don't know if you'd completed the final part yes, of it. Yeah, I think that right. was the last yeah. piece of it, yeah. So a lot changed in that year now. Yeah. So but it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, and I think... It's a, it's a it's kind of special position to be in because Wim Hof himself is obviously um, 
around the world doing all these big documentaries and all these big podcasts mm. and kind of s- spreading the word about how effective this method is. Mm. So he's kind of doing the global marketing. And then people are thinking, oh, wow, I want to try that. And they're looking locally and then they find someone like me. Yeah. Um, so Wim is doing lots of the hard work to kind of get the, the kind of publicity out there. Um, and then uh, we're here to kind of help people actually experience it and to learn it. Yeah. But isn't it like, say, from when this you ventured into this space, which is it's a totally different space than where you come from in the marketing world. Yeah. But, it's, you know, to have like a hundred odd people down hundred hundred odd people down at a beach yeah. in the freezing cold temperatures yes. in the height of winter yeah. coming along to dive into experience yeah the bitter cold yeah I, i've been quite surprised by the reaction to it yeah um when we first started those events which are called Wimrise, and uh, we started at the 40 foot and it was in august mm. and i think there was 15 people there which is a good result i i kind of presumed that i'd be there breathing by myself and getting in which would have been fine yeah and it was warm and it was not you know it was nice so you could see how people would kind of like that and as we progressed through august Mm. it got bigger but then as you said we kind of we we kind of kept it up maybe every six weeks or so in the depths of winter and then we were in white rock uh in in kalini dorky there and a hundred and something people showed up and then we were in on pomarnock beach and even more people showed up Mm. and it was freezing cold you know so it's tapping into something that people are looking for, I think. Lots of things. Um, maybe an excuse to get into nature. Uh, excuse to try something new. And I think there's a little bit of when people see the footage of the other ex- events and they see other people are going to it, they're like, oh yeah, you know, it's kind of, the safety in numbers, I'll go, I'll go and give it a try. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you see, there's an awful lot of things out there that people can be doing. But um, something, uh, it's pretty amazing that you can be doing something like breathing and a bit of cold. Like I, we, we're back obviously from the sea and now after plunging into the depths of the cold <laughs> and it's still, um, you can feel, I can still feel it in yeah, the feet. Yeah, you can still feel it. You can feel it in your kind of, on your skin and everything. You know? Yeah. And, but like you could kind of go... I think it's kind of like somebody describing any type of experience. It's not until you experience the bitter cold and the fact that you can get through it. Um, it's in the experiencing that you can you kind of go, okay. There's a lot to be learned from it. Yeah. So obviously when, we're, when people are practicing the Wim Hof Method, you start gradually. Mm. Uh, so you might start with a 20 seconds cold shower and at the end of your hot shower and you're, you're kind of slowly building up. But even in that 10 seconds, that 15 seconds of cold at the end of your hot shower, you'll learn a lot about yourself, you know, mm. because the idea of it is so terrifying when you start doing it that you think to yourself, what am I doing this for? Mm. But then slowly you kind of force yourself into doing it. And even in that process, you learn a bit about where your boundaries are and what you're capable of. And then when you get into the cold and you're dealing with that sensation of, at the start, the cold in the shower, or the sea later on, or the ice bath later on, you learn an awful lot about yourself in those scenarios, mm. about how you deal with pressure, how you can learn then to go into yourself and use the focus of your mind to get your breath under control and how to relax. And when you kind of start to practice that, it becomes very empowering. 
Mm-hmm. Like once you start doing the, the the cold showers regularly, you get out and you think to yourself, "Wow, I've done something." You know, I've done something this morning where most people haven't done something like this. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense of empowerment, and that kind of builds. Into, and then you want, might want to go to the sea to swim, and then you yeah. might want to go to the ice baths, and then you might want to go to Poland and jump in an ice river. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's again, it's it's a gradual, it's a gradual development. Like I remember when before I first started Wim Hof Method. I used to be tired a lot, run mm-hmm. down. And I remember I used to drive out to Wicklow and I'd drive past the Sugarloaf Mountain and think, oh, that's, that's lovely, you know, it looks beautiful. As I started doing the Wim Hof Method and my energy started to build and my health started to get better and I felt stronger, I'd pass things like the Sugarloaf saying, I want to run up that. Mm-hmm. And I would never have thought that before. Mm-hmm. And then I think to myself, I'm going to run up that just wearing a pair of shorts. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to think, I'm going to run up that twice. You know, so... Where I used to just look at nature and admire it, now I want to get into it. Yeah, you were your own case study in terms of the Wim Hof, really. Yeah. For you to go and do this. It's not like, you know, say with, um, this is bad, well, say like with a pyramid scheme or some fucking bullshit product maybe <laughs> that somebody gives you to sell, you'll go, okay, do you know what? This sounds like a good thing. Not really convinced, maybe. And I'm going to try and sell this. Yeah. Whereas you found out about this Wim Hof thing. You were in the midst of raising kids and knackered all the time. Yeah. And this came along. Yes. I mean, I think that's obviously that's what uh, brought this passion yeah. for it. I, I suppose when we were, myself and Josie, my wife, were, were starting to do this first, we were we really needed something. We needed some type of help. Mm. And this found us, or we found it. And I remember very early on, thinking to myself, God, I can't believe how different I feel. I can't believe how different Josie feels. And together, how different our family is now that we're, we have more energy. That's the basic thing. We have more energy, we're healthier. But then what does that mean? It means we're enjoying life more. You know, mm. we're, we're paying more attention to the children. The children are behaving better because we're paying more attention. Everything started to blossom. And in my mind, I thought to myself, Jesus, I know so many people. I could have listed off people that would mm. benefit from something like this. Mm. For different reasons to our reasons, but still that to feel that. Yeah. Um, and I suppose for me then, that kind of became the mission then. Mm. You know, I felt, okay, I need to go learn this in depth. So I can teach other people because I because I've felt it, and I know other people feel like I used to feel, mm. um, and that's kind of the that's the driving force behind it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the like I've done it obviously, and we were talking last year. I did the, I did the early course from Wim Hof, and. Uh, I think it is the thing because I've a friend Boris. Um, I know he got a flavour for doing the. Uh, he got a taste of it and he did it a couple of mornings. He got in and did the cold shower. Now he went in all in, did five minutes straight away, <laughs> and he sent through. Don't do that. <laughs> he sent through a little video um, of it, and I could. He was kind. Of, he was saying, "Look, I'm not going to make a big thing about this, but." I'm energized, and then he went on to do some yoga that morning. Yeah, and I think I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's not doing it now, but maybe he is. But 
I think it's the one thing that's worth talking about about introducing something like this into your life is he'd wake up in the morning and go oh no I'm just not getting into that cold this morning I'm just yeah. not doing it yeah what's your um a sense of that I have a sense of it I'm just curious do you, you know that feeling of uh, I don't want to do this I think there's a, there's a few answers to that I think on one level it has to f- we're all busy and we have these kind of lives that we live so at one level it has to be convenient to what we're doing mm-hmm. and I think that's why the Wim Hof Method itself is, is kind of popular because really you can do the breathing in, in 15 minutes mm-hmm. and the cold you can just add it to the end of your, your, your warm shower if you want to but on a deeper level, that desire to get in or not get in is where the battle kind of lies. Yes. So we know that there's profound benefits. Like, so if you want to have a stronger immune system, mm. if you want to have more energy, if you want to feel stronger and healthier and inflammation to go down and pain to go down and stress to go down, if you want all those things, you're going to have to go after them. Yeah you're going to have to spend 15 seconds in the cold shower mm. and then at 30 seconds. So it's kind of, our society is built on convenience and it has to be convenient, but also we have to have something in here that, that is driving us to do even a little bit of it. Mm. Um, and for that little bit, we get all these huge benefits, mm. but it's in that kind of moment of, they say that the most difficult part of it is deciding to actually go and get into the cold. The, yeah. the experience of it is not as bad as we think it is. So it's in that kind of, that's where the battle lies when we're lying in bed yeah. and we're thinking, oh, I don't want to do it because it's our aversion. We're trying to keep the discomfort away. Yeah. But as we've talked about lots, we need a little bit of discomfort. Mm. Like you and I are sitting here and our ancestors had to endure famine and natural disasters and predators and really tough conditions for us to be sitting here. Yeah. But the bodies we're sitting in are still those bodies of our ancestors. They mm. are they are built for survival. Mm. And we're so comfortable now that we can go through life without much discomfort. Mm. Which is obviously what we've been striving for. We don't want to go back to living in caves. But within this extraordinarily comfortable life, this very civilized life, to ignite these inner powers that we have we do need a little bit of this discomfort. Mm. So when we're lying in bed and thinking, oh, jeez, I have to get into the cold shower. It's at that point we just have to get up and, you know, don't think about it. Just mm. as a large corporation would say, just do it. <laughs> you, you know? and, yeah. and, and for that little bit of discomfort, we have these huge benefits then. Yeah. And then after a while, the discomfort starts to change. At the start, the cold shower seems like the worst thing to do. Like myself and Josie, when we started all those years ago, it was December and it was really cold. And the children were all really young. So we'd have to get all of them to bed, all that stuff sorted. And the Wim Hof Method was the last thing we do at night. Wow. So we might start the breathing late, maybe nine o'clock. And by the time we get through the breathing and everything, we'd have to go into the cold showers at maybe 10 o'clock or <laughs> half 10. And, you know, as you progress through the showers, you go to maybe 20 seconds, a minute, two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like this peak where you kind of have to do 10 minutes. Um, and doing it late at night was really, really difficult, you know. Yeah. But so you just want your comfort then, like, yeah. especially with the kids the and everything. the feeling of having done it was so immense. Mm. Like, we felt so empowered by it. We felt so joyful. 
um, life was changing for us that the next time you did it you had that little thing in the bank and you're thinking okay I want another little thing like that in the bank so it would help you kind of do it and then after a while you start to crave the cold Mm. the body changes and so it's gone from like thinking this is a thing that I know is good for me but I hate it yeah to thinking I know this is good for me and I really enjoy it now yeah but still there's still a little bit of apprehension every time yeah and even in Poland recently there when I was teaching with Wim Hof and his team the weather was really cold and the river we usually use was totally frozen over so in the mornings I'd have to cut a big ice hole for our team to get in there and do their training and before they when they were having their breakfast in my spare time I'd have to go down and do my, my training myself on the walk to the to the river through the snow there's always a little bit of you saying what the hell am I doing this for you know and I, I don't think that ever changes I think that's the deep survival instinct for us but through trying it and gradually building it up you know that when you get in you're going to love it and you know afterwards you're going to feel brilliant so that kind of gives you the and you have the tools, the breathing to help you deal with the, the anxiety beforehand. But so you were recently, there's no harm in talking about, this is the extreme, in a way, yes. this is the extreme. Yes. It talked a little bit about what that week was about. Because yeah. I saw some videos, it might include just a view, of course, digging holes in, <laughs> in ice. digging ice holes <laughs> and getting in and like preparing the way for people. And then obviously you're running up the mountains yeah in your shorts just your shorts no t-shirt no uh, you know just the shorts so at what degrees oh it was really cold like even for poland it was cold so at night it was maybe minus 18 degrees okay so like during the day uh it was minus five or you know something like that um to me though like to loads of people they were kind of studiously checking the temperature to me it just felt really cold you know yeah but what where i was um, we're, we're on these uh, we were on these winter expeditions run mm. by Wim Hof himself and his teams out in, out in Poland at the Wim Hof Centre there so they usually send, sell out like a year in advance mm. so people pay um, extra to come and experience it with Wim Hof and his yeah. team and gives uh, the old flick and so there's 80 people in total mm. that come out from all over the world uh, and they pay for the privilege of learning the Wim Hof method immersed in the depths of uh, these huge mountains in Poland okay. in the snow um, and they're taken through the full Wim Hof method experience and obviously because we're there and it's, and it's that cold they get to experience the training in the, in the snow and in the ice mm. I suppose you know I have experience in, in the cold but in Ireland, it doesn't get any cold like this at all, you know. So when I'm looking at this big frozen river, and um, it's my job to dig an ice hole in it, I'm thinking, yeah. I've no experience in this. Yeah, like you How do I do it? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to make a kind of educated guess about how far out into the ice you go before you start hacking at it with it with an axe, you know. But yeah. you kind of again, it's just human nature. We know these things. You kind of get a feel for it, and it, you know, it, it is a sense of adventure. It's a sense of kind of playfulness. And after a while, you're taking out big chunks of ice and throwing them down on the other, you know, smashing them on the other parts of the ice. And you know, we were in the sea there, and we were talking about this kind of sense of childlike play again that we don't mm. usually get as adults. So, when you're preparing something like that, and even when you're getting in and out, 
there is this kind of fear but there's also a sense of adventure and there's also a sense of playfulness about but you in. you almost have to because of the way nature is you almost you, you, you do feel like a scared you have to feel like a scared child and in the scenario there you have to go in and you suddenly have to be this adult instructor person that has to go into the cold and do it. I mean, you really have no choice because you're there trying to train everybody and help everybody through this. <laughs> but still, you're faced with, you can't, because there's no way you can go, oh God, I really want to bring on this discomfort and get yeah. in there. You kind of just go, well, let's just stay back here, <laughs> maybe. And it, it, it's interesting <clears throat> because it's different when you're the participant. So when, yeah. you're, when we were doing our instructor training, we are doing something similar. But the senior instructors were telling us how to do it and we were participating. Mm -hmm. So now to be on the other side and to be the instructor, as you're saying, it's a different experience, you know. Yeah. So when we're doing the breathing, we learn to breathe fully in and we learn to let go on the exhale. And there's quite a few profound lessons within that. Mm. And one of them is learning through the repetition of the breathing to let go of lots of scenarios in life that are not good for us. Mm including pressure mm. so as, a, as an instructor you could easily be thinking oh I'm an instructor here they're all looking at me you know I, I kind of have to do this right and yeah 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 but because you've learned to, and you've done repeatedly and repeatedly we, you kind of anybody who, who uses the method you, you develop a skill to be able to just let go of all that so you kind mm. of when you're feeling a bit of pressure it's like okay breathe and just let it go mm say fuck it I have to do this so you might, you might as well get on with it you know so yeah um, and as an instructor it, it was a different type of pressure then mm. you know because they're look people are 20 people are looking to myself and Emma for an instruction in these extreme scenarios so all the things we learn from the method you have to apply them to your mm. own experience because you're responsible for these people you're trying to teach them how to do it you're also trying to handle it yourself mm. um, so Initially, I thought to myself, God, as a participant, nothing could be as kind of mind-blowing as participating. Yeah. But then I was wrong. Teaching it to somebody who's, who's participating, getting their mind blown, is equally kind of... Um, you're still a participant. In yeah. a way, you're still a participant. You are yeah. totally a participant yeah. because nature is there and she is putting pressure on everybody. Just because you're an instructor doesn't mean you're, you're, you get a pass from nature. No yeah. code for me, please. You know, so, so there was, I suppose it's like anything, when you, when you turn to teach something, you learn so much. If you're open to it, you learn so much from that. Mm. Um, I think that's where it comes back around to the learning. And from when I was talking about my mate starting it off, it's that feeling of, it's whilst you might know and feel the benefits and and the experience and you might even you will reach a point even where when you get into a shower and it's in may or june and it's not so cold you're kind of yeah. going oh, this isn't really that's not what i'm looking for <laughs> it's, and it's not cold enough <laughs> yeah. you haven't got the benefit of it not yeah. really you've got some benefit of it but it's the point of that discomforting feeling of not wanting to do it maybe somehow you get better at ignoring 
the I don't want to do it voice yes. somehow. Yeah. It's still there, still you, never goes away. Not for me now, it's been a while. Today getting into the sea, I really just fucking shook me to me core. Like it really was, <gasps> I had to get the breath under control pretty quickly. And, but it's still there. Yeah. I mean, how, how can it not be? I think it's always there because it's, it's part of our survival instincts. Mm. You know, it's that part of us that's trying to um, make sure it's part of the fight or flight response, really. Mm. So as we start to face these things that our body's like resisting or we feel are, are dangerous, we go into fight or flight. So the heart rate goes up, um, stomach stops digesting properly. Mm. We kind of we're we're all the energy is going to our feet and our fists to actually run or fight. And as part of that, it's that question in the mind like, "What are you doing? Get mm. out!" So what we're learning to do is that. So we're looking actually to. We're looking to feel that response mm. and then we're learning how to use the breathing to get us from that fight or flight down into rest and digest. So we're mm. looking to activate that vagus nerve in the back of the head there, which gets us from a state of agitation down into a state of relaxation. Mm. So even though we always feel that question in our minds about what we're doing or get out of the sea, we kind of want that because mm. we want then the ability like you described there of being able to get your breath under control and being able to relax yourself under the pressure of the sea mm. and that cold and that's where the real benefits are mm. because then where you're in the sea today and we're in the sea today and you, you go in there and you practice and you're like oh, you have to get your breathing under control that's a skill that your body remembers so mm. next time when you're under any type of pressure uh, outside of the sea you then can recall on that kind of skill to bring you back down again mm. into a state of relaxation. So whether it's, you know, everyone's life's different. So whatever the pressures of life that we face are, stress, grief, trauma, worry, whatever they are, it's lear you learn how to deal with those. Mm. The cold te nature teaches how to deal with those things. Yeah. And that's where it becomes... A beneficial tool for our health but then it becomes a practical tool that we can kind of pull out and use all the time when mm. life throws stuff at us mm. yeah it's almost I used to say when I was doing the cold showers and there was something I didn't want to do I just say oh fuck just cold showers like just <laughs> cold showers <laughs> and it, it it does yeah it is it's an interesting thing to describe it as a a learning a, a skill mm. whereas you wouldn't think that that is but it is yeah it's a muscle almost yeah it's it's a muscle and it's it's people talk about mind over matter but what we have here is an actual practical example of mind over matter mm. because as you're facing the cold and the cold as i said represents all the things we struggle with mm. so as we're facing the things we struggle with it's mind over matter because your mind, you're remembering, okay, I have to breathe out. And I have to do this a few times. And in that moment, the vagus nerve activates. Mm. It drops the heart rate. The lungs start to breathe in more relaxed fashion. The body starts to relax. So it's a skill of being able to, your mind being able to use the breath to take control of the nervous system and how we feel. Mm. And that, you know, that is like anything, practice and practice and it becomes easier. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes this life changing thing that we can use all the time. Mm. When you're raising children, you know, there's pressures. So sometimes when they're 
push me to the limit and I have to say okay hold on a second then <laughs> can I get my breathing under control yeah. <laughs> I know they're in real trouble at that point but you know that's my experience but somebody else could be a pilot somebody else could be uh, under pressure from their family or whatever it is being able to be to be able to say to yourself okay I know how to deal with this scenario no mm. matter what it is mm. whatever the pressure being able to change how you feel and how you think at a certain point it's invaluable yeah I think like um, I suppose if, uh, see to get a sense of the energy I mean not everybody would want something like this but how long do you, yeah well here's the question how long do you think it takes before you kind of go um, you know you notice when you don't do it almost how long do you think it kind of takes that feeling like straight away getting into the sea today instantly this natural pulsating energy from the sea yes. that is unlike unlike anything but in terms of just the daily I suppose practice or integrating it into your life how long do you think this you'd notice I think you can feel the benefits take? nearly immediately yeah like the minute you get into a cold shower you feel different when you get out mm. um, your breathing most people find the breathing starts to, they start to feel different maybe the, that day that they do it the first time and maybe the second day and then you start to notice then you start to notice things you feel lighter mm. your body feels looser when you wake up you know so that that's kind of a little bit more subtle than the cold but it's you know it's very quick quick um and then you start and this is this is what happened to us during the summer um so myself and josie have been doing it for a long time mm. every day breathing every day doing a bit of cold and we went traveling in thailand during the summer and we were with the children and because the children were with us in our room a good bit and we were traveling around, we didn't actually have time um, to do the breathing daily as we would. Mm. And after about a week or two of traveling around Thailand with the children, we were starting to feel impatient with them. Mm. And we were saying, my God, we're on this amazing adventure. Why aren't we enjoying it? And then after a few more days, we said, this is how we used to feel before we did it all the time. Mm. You know, so for us, it was... A great example of reminding us that yes you, you kind of you do it all the time and you feel a certain way but if we take that away for a while it reminded us how we used to feel mm. um, and that was a great reminder for us you know because you can get complacent about something that you're doing all the time and you know and um, but it was it was a good way for us to remember oh look this is a really important part of what we do yeah okay um, yeah um well, uh, we talked a little bit earlier, but uh, um, obviously in the space of a year, this is gone from, uh, this is what you do, this yeah. is Wim Hof instructing, and obviously there's a bit of, a, um, you get a couple of hundred people coming down to a beach and you're there at the top orchestrating <laughs> a mass breathing <laughs> session by the wild sea, wild cold Irish sea, but in the world of gurus and guru culture and how do you kind of uh, you could easily you know become this guru you know this idea of a, that you've got something special and we bow down to the the, the feet the cold feet of Neil <laughs> have you a sense of that or a feeling of that after doing this for a year yeah we, we had talked about it a little bit earlier and for me I'm always the student. Mm. Nature is the teacher. Mm. So once 
once I have that clear in my head, then I feel grounded and I feel balanced. Mm. Because like when you get into the cold or when you're doing your breathing, really it's, yes, it's the Wim Hof method. Yes, it's within the context of that. But it's really the person themselves that's doing the work. And mm. it's really the person themselves rediscovering their own nature and actually returning back to nature. Okay. And I think, I think once that's clear in my mind, then I don't feel like a teacher. Then I don't mm. feel like somebody um, who knows something that other people don't know. Mm. Because really, I'm learning the whole time as well. But I could see how, I could see how if you didn't keep that kind of sense of being grounded, um, you could kind of lose track of yourself a little bit because mm. people are looking at you for, for answers to things. Um, and I can clearly give them answers to things about Wim Hof Method. Yeah. Anything outside of that, yeah. have to go ask somebody else <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's very good yeah yeah one of the things that not necessarily for myself but generally people want to know about the, the Wim Hof method because of course once you feel something and, and it changes your life a bit you're looking to it for guidance and really the Wim Hof method is the first step it's really nature that's behind the Wim Hof method that's mm. really providing all the guidance but the thing that people ask me about a lot is about what guidance does the Wim Hof method give on, on diet and food? Mm. Um, and there's a clear answer to that, which is none. Yeah. You know, everyone can eat what they want. You know, there's no kind of like strict vegan diet or strict meat diet. Um, and that kind of, in my, in my experience, that can kind of frustrate people because sometimes mm. they want to be told exactly what they, they should eat. You know, so for example, um, you know, but I think as you kind of do something like this, as you're more into more exposed to nature, as you're becoming healthier and stronger, you, you, people tend to find what they what's good to eat for them. Mm. But it's kind of interesting how many times I've been asked specifically, you know, what I should what should I be eating with this, you know? So, yeah. But again, people have to figure that out themselves. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of the as well. It's you could start easily getting into that sort of thing people coming to you for, you could easily become oh I feel this or I'm a bit down or you know what can you it could be you could because of this question because of the nature of the way people look up to somebody who's teaching yeah it, it, it has a sense of yeah, of responsibility for not you know you can see how I suppose I, I've been having chats lately about this guru culture and the possibility of manipulating some but by our nature we st seem to look oh over here that this guy has got something yeah and you know I need his help because he's a fully at peace with the world and he has it so he can advise me yeah you know I, I saw this great um, this great experiment they did with with monkeys and you know, because I think what you're saying is sometimes when we look at somebody and we feel that they are somewhere else, that yeah. we are kind of looking from a position up towards that position. Yeah. And especially with social media or if, if, if somebody is seen to be on something like a podcast, it immediately separates them from people a little bit in yeah. somebody's mind. Yeah. And there's this brilliant experiment they did with monkeys where they were seeing, you know, is this a new thing or, you know, where is this trait coming from? So they had, they had a pack of monkeys and they were videotaping the leader monkey, the alpha monkey, and they had, the, so they had him over there, and they separated the other monkeys out, yeah. and put TV screens in their enclosures to see, and they were playing videos of the alpha monkey, and the other monkeys were riveted by watching 
what this alpha monkey did all the time. Okay. And they kind of did a series of experiments and their conclusion was that it's it's quite normal within mammals, within within animals of all sorts, to want to know what the the person that they perceive as knowing something beyond what they know is doing. Yeah. You know? So so you can see how if a person is on television or whatever it is, that this perception could kind of exist that, oh, this person must know something more. Yeah. But in reality is they might be good at very good at one thing. Yeah. But they're very human in all other aspects of it as well. Yeah. But uh, you see, in a way, I think about what um, the nature, the difference in the, in this cold method is that, say you could be a yogi or you might be peddling wisdom or whatever, and you can sit there and you can cross-legged and you can you don't have have to actually do that much and maybe you can say mysterious things and they sound, <laughs> and they sound wonderful when it comes to the cold oh yeah you know you have to walk you still have to walk in the mountains in your shorts <laughs> and you still have to get into that sea and you're constantly humbled whatever yes. way i mean and so you can go down that route and even if you go into the sea field and I can fucking handle the sea today, by God, do you get brutalized yes. in there? Yeah, and that's one of the things that we're always trying to teach is respect for the cold. Mm. And really it's respect for the cold, it's respect for nature. Because when we approach it then with that ego or that confidence, yeah. nature always wins. Yeah. You know, cold always wins. You know, mm. and you know, so when you're in the cold in the sea today or in the ice bath or whatever it is, we can't actually fight it. You have mm. to learn to relax and let go. And mm. that's another one of the lessons. And you're, and you're right, when you're constantly reminded of that, it is a humbling experience. You, you yeah. know, and I think that's where people are of, often asking, you know, how long should I be in the cold? How long should I be in the ice? And again, it's trying to build up this sensitivity in yourself that you know when's enough. Yeah. Because if you decide, right, I'm going to spend 15 minutes in here because, you know, and it's an ego thing, I'm going to do this. Mm. The cold will kick your arse every time, mm. you know. So it's learning um, to maybe let go of the the competition, let go of the kind of ego side of it, let go of that kind of I can push it part, and learning to instead feel more. Mm. Today, how do I feel? How what do I need today? Mm. Do I need a short little burst, or do I need to go in and soak in it for a bit longer? Yeah, that's a hard skill to learn. Like I, I, I'd send a message to people just when you're describing it there. Now I mean, um, you get that memory like uh, itself and another message. We just message each other, say the odd time, and I might just get a message of it just says cold shower, and I know he's just had a cold shower, and he's he's basically saying there's nothing quite fucking like it, and I would call it the gift that keeps on giving, because it's free it's accessible yeah. it's there obviously it's uncomfortable but the the sense of the free energy that you're given the freeness of it i love that idea yeah. and it's so simple yeah and it's highly effective mm. like there's, there's no every time you get in no matter what mood or feeling you have getting in you're different getting out yeah there's never been a time where I've thought to myself, oh, I'm a bit tired or a bit whatever. And you get out feeling the same thing. You get out feeling like, ah! Yeah, yeah. You, know, you so, go in like a mouse and you come out like a lion. Yeah, and it happens yeah. every single time, you know, mm. and that's where um, there's, there's quite a few 
research projects on at the moment Wim Hof and depression Wim Hof and anxiety you know things like that yeah and you can see how something as simple as, as a cold shower if it can change how we feel how it could be so effective for people in all types of scenarios Actually, you know, when we did, we did that short little piece with Joe Rooney and we yeah. came over to your house and we were all sitting around tea, having tea and I was watching uh, watching it back and Joe kind of summed it up. We had a little chat about it, but I really loved Joe just kind of because he was just out of the bath and he kind of goes, what's the story with it and depression? Because he goes, you can't even be depressed in there. <laughs> and I thought... Well, actually, that fucking sums it up completely yeah. and entirely. You can't be anything, no. almost. Yeah. No, when, when, and I suppose that's some of the magic of the cold. Mm. Because, like, before I, I kind of came to Wim Hof Method, I'd spent years meditating, I still do, uh, doing yoga, all that kind of stuff. And for me, meditation was always difficult because the mind was flying around mm. like a wild kind of thing. And to be able to kind of pull it back to one, one point was quite difficult. Mm. But when you get into the colds and you're up to your neck in ice or the sea, you can only think about that moment, that survival. How do I survive mm. this? So it's like superpowered meditation. Everything else falls away. You can't think about the worries that you're kind of dealing with or distress that you're kind of yeah. had been previously. You can only it's like you can only deal with this thing that's you're feeling. Mm. And I think that is part of the benefit from it because for those few moments or those few minutes everything else falls away the mind is given a chance to refresh itself it doesn't have to it's not under pressure anymore from those things and you come out and you and you can't be depressed in that ice at that moment yeah. so it's a respite and that's originally how Wim Hof himself st dealt with the the suicide of his wife mm. during those moments so his, his wife killed herself and they had four young children and it was in the cold that he had respite from the heartache and from the mm. grief um, and that's where he really started to fully understand what it was capable of then because in there you can only think of the experience of it yeah yeah what do you think this say like obviously it is it's called the Wim Hof method and we we like our branding of things and we like our labeling of things, but if you forget that for a moment, what do you think that it is really that's happening? It, you know, what is it that's within the, without, you know, because there's, I know there's things like techniques and courses and all those things, but if you take all those away, what, what do you think it is that it's doing? You know, we call it cold therapy because therapy is a modern word. But you know what I mean? Yeah. What is it you think that it actually is? So the way, it's a good question. And the way I see it is, we have the Wim Hof Method and it fits nicely in this box. And yeah. people can say, I'm doing the Wim Hof Method and it's these things. You can go to the website, you can see all that. Yeah. And you can, you know, it's all scientifically proven. Here's the nice box it fits into. Yeah. Behind it is nature. Okay. So what the Wim Hof Method is doing is, it is providing us with the techniques and the methods in order to return to nature mm. on a few different levels so return to nature physically returning to nature mm. getting into the cold breathing getting the air in so we're actually physically returning to nature 
but then on a kind of deep emotional level we're returning to our own nature mm. so if our life has taken us in a way that we have kind of maybe forgotten a little bit who we are or are afraid of who we are or are trying to hide about who we are it's slowly the cold and the breathing slowly kind of peeled back the layers mm. and allows us then to be who who we who we really are mm. and we had talked about you know the, the culture of the Wim Hof method being set at, at the top by Wim himself mm. Wim himself never pretends to be a guru mm. and will tell you quite the opposite and he himself has done amazing things but like everybody he has his faults and when you're in his presence and you see some of the other senior instructors the one thing that struck me is the, how refreshing it is to meet people who are themselves mm. and are not afraid Real. Of, yeah and who are not afraid of kind of um, people laughing at them or, or whatever or, you know or, or ridicule or whatever they are just themselves and you can take it or leave it mm. and I think that's ultimately where you go through the prism of the Wim Hof method towards nature into nature and it kind of brings you to a place eventually where you can just be yourself which seems so simple yeah. but it's actually very difficult yeah. we have so many pressures on us we have so many preconceived notions of what we should be or what people might think of us that we sometimes as adults build up this protection around ourselves mm. and through by, by kind of getting back out into nature it slowly starts to peel these layers off and I myself now feel joyful because of it mm. a freedom because of it mm. and we get a sense of the freedom after we do this say three or four rounds of breathing and we're lying there and we're just so relaxed kind of blissful we get a sense of that freedom Mm. and the more we kind of return to nature our own nature the more freedom we have and I think that's ultimately where it's going okay yeah that, you see that's the ordinary language of it in a way that it's not something up in the clouds it's something right within your grasp yeah. to have a go at um, and a couple of things came to mind there the, how do you think like Wim Hof, the Wim Hof movement is way, way, way bigger. Better give this a flick. The, you know, um, he, how do you think somebody like him doesn't get into that, this guru culture thing? Is it the same sorts of ideas? Like how does he, he I mean, hundreds of thousands of people all over the world yeah. now getting into this. Yeah. I suppose, obviously I can't kind of speak for Wim, but from looking you didn't having get a sense spent, of yeah. having spent time with him he, he is the type of person maybe it's a Dutch thing maybe it's his personality but he's not it doesn't seem interesting to him to, to kind of go down that route yeah um, you know when, when you meet him he's full of energy he's full of passion he's, there's a wildness about him mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> He's definitely his own person, and I think that in its nature, if you're kind of, if you're kind of true to yourself, if you're true to yourself, it kind of protects you from being something that you're not. Then yeah, you know, and he would he would say regularly that I am not your guru. Really, nature is the guru. You yeah. Know? So he's just pointing the way to nature, and if you he if he's pointing like this, you know that kind of old Zen phrase, look, I'm pointing to the stars, and you're looking at my finger. Yeah. Like Wim is the pointing. He's like, this is the direction. To the stars and he's trying to kind of make us 
look at him and appreciate him but look at the stars look at the where he's pointing to rather than the person that's pointing the, the finger you know so um i think the cold i think the cold does that to you like even he he is the embodiment of what we're trying to teach people mm. when we're going up the mountain he is going up the mountain with us in, the, in his shorts running with us up the mountain mm. when he's jumping off a asking us to jump off a waterfall into freezing water he's the first one to do it mm. um so in my experience of it's maybe, great fun really <laughs> yeah but and in my experience of maybe maybe not necessarily gurus but definitely teachers of a high level there tends to be a point where they dis disengage themselves from the activity themselves because maybe they're getting older or whatever it is and they are more on the sidelines directing but Wim himself he's the first one to do it you know yeah. and i suppose that is for me that's kind of a, a unique part of the experience is that uh, there he is at 60 or whatever he is 60 year, year old and he is the fastest up the mountain in his shorts mm. you know and it's kind of like whatever you know it's that energy that level of kind of health when i look at that it's like when i'm 60 i want to not be whim but i want to have that level of energy and health so and i can be, yeah you know so i can live I can be who I am, and then you can be who you are. You yeah. know, and everyone can be who, who they're meant to be. It's almost teach, he's almost teaching poor old fucking rigid <laughs> asshole adults to play again. Really? Yes. Mm. And like, if, you know, the experience in Poland is very unique and it's very intense and it's and it's life changing for lots of people who go go on it. And we had talked briefly about it. You know, when you see it on, on the website described, it, it describes the physical activities and what you will learn. Mm. And so many people during it came to me and said, you know, this, this wasn't in the terms and conditions. This wasn't in, in the website, you know, in a good way, but it had totally changed how they saw the world, how they saw themselves. And, and you know, and that's, that's a big part of it. As you kind of change, like it didn't say on the terms and conditions for the winter expedition, you will enjoy life more. Mm. You will be more playful. You will be more childlike in your in, in how you see the world. It doesn't say that. It says it improves your health, your happiness, and your strength. Mm. But below that, then, in order for you to be happier and more um, and stronger and healthier, you have to have a lighter approach to life. Mm. If we're stressed and like this all the time, you're not going to be able to do that. So, mm. the breathing literally opens us up. Mm. The cold gives us that kind of all the benefits we talked about, but that sense of adventure, that sense of the, the scared child, but going in anyway, you know, and I find it with my own children. There's a definite pre Wim Hof and post Wim Hof life and pre Wim Hof. I didn't have the energy or focus or time to play with them, as, you know, to be as playful with them and enjoy yeah. their innocence and their their youth as I had post Wim Hof that's my main thing I love playing with them and I have mm. the energy now to go out on the trampoline with them and uh, run around the playground with them and I suppose for me everyone's kind of life is different but for me that's where the real value is yeah okay yeah yeah well it's a tangi tangible benefit yeah that's really really simple yeah 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 it's um I think it's just a brilliant tool, a brilliant positive thing um, that that is real, that you feel the results and it's not esoteric. It's not, like you say, you get in and have a cold shower immediately day one, you're going to, you're <laughs> going to come out of and go, fuck, 
Woo! <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any... Um, I know people, most people who listen to this are probably outside of Ireland, but do you have online, there's an opportunity to plug here, but tools or or, um, videos, probably something that we could talk about anyway, off off camera, but do you have, if somebody wanted to go and do this, what would they do? If they wanted to go, if say somebody wanted to go and do this tomorrow, what would they go and do? Yeah, so there's, there's loads of kind of things that you can do. Yeah. Uh, the Wim, Wim Hof himself has two online courses that you can do. Mm-hmm. I think you did. You've, you've I done did it. the fundamental, which is the basic the one. The 10 week one is the fund, is the first one. And then yeah. there's the fundamentals one, which is the second one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so there's two great online courses that you can go and, and sign up immediately to do. Yeah. Um, there's actually a free mini class that they offer on that website as well. Yeah. And then, um, you know, so what I found is that when people people might go and do the the online course and then they might go and do an event or something but what i found is that people were saying to me that having done something like that that it was hard to keep it up by themselves mm. that it's even even to keep the the online course up by themselves so what we did a couple of weeks ago was we launched an online community an online tribe where we do live breathing sessions with me and and the people uh, in the tribe and live uh, video tutorials and live questions and answers because it's different when someone's there breathing with you and it's different when you can ask the p- person questions as a way of, of taking the online courses that people can do and making them real in their everyday life. Mm. Um, so you can stick a link to that. In the, yeah, the okay, I, I, I'll do that, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's kind of an interesting thing, though. If you're as well going out doing the breathing um, online, or sorry, but you're doing it on your phone and you're out in the wilds, there'd be a way... Um, for people who are doing that, you can bring them into the call. Yeah. But you'd all be able to show exactly where you are. Yes. That could yeah. be an interesting thing to do. Yeah. Um, what I found was that when we're, when we're breathing together as a group, so let's say at Wimrise on the beach mm. or in the workshops that we teach, yeah. when people are breathing together, it's different. Mm. There's, a, there's a momentum that builds when everyone's breathing together. There's an energy that's totally different than anything that you can do by yourself. But of course, we can't have a whim rise every day. Mm. We, people can't go to a workshop every day. So when we, what we tried to do with the online tribe was try to recreate that sense of kind of momentum and energy when people were breathing together. Mm. And if I'm honest, I wasn't sure if it would work like it, like, it, like it has, but I thought it was worth trying. Yeah. And what I found is when we did the first one, you could you still had that same sense, not like on the beach with 150 people, but you had that same sense of when people are together breathing, something is different. Mm. And so what we've done now is we've had more regular live breathing sessions. Um, we use Facebook group uh, mm. as the way to do it. And you can get a sense of people doing it with you, you know, mm. and uh, asking questions. And it, it is, there's like breathing at home alone, just breathing as a group live together with a hundred bodies together and then this is something new somewhere in between um so for, for a lot of people it's the kind of accountability or whatever you want to call it that they need to to log on and do it and, and kind of continue it yeah i mean i'd like to say as well that it, it is utterly within your grasp like literally you can turn on the fucking cold shower but yeah. i had never even heard of wim hop and i 
jumped in straight away and did five minutes cold. <laughs> Didn't even think about anything else. I went into the shower, set the alarm at five minutes. <laughs> That's the way I'd be now. I'd be all in. But what I'm saying is I still then went on to do the course simply because I wanted to I wanted to get a sense of the breathing combined yes. with the cold. Yeah, yeah. And the breathing really is the the mental focus. That's the kind of thing that almost just... Because, you know, we, we got into the sea this morning, there was no... Um, breathing but it, you know we didn't do any breathing beforehand yeah. it was just vump straight in and but what almost the breathing does is shut the hat wild screaming no thing up ever so slightly yes. as well as everything else that suddenly you're kind of just going i mean but you can do all these things all i'm saying is for me the course of the instruction definitely there is something about the community. There is something about the structure of that. Okay, you've tasted it. You can go bring this on and on and on, and you can get stronger. And do you do you, would you be going down the route of introducing exercise or exercises like, you know, he does some yogic things in his yeah. fundamentals course. Do you think you bring that sort of stuff in? Um, for the online tribe, a little bit maybe. Mm. Um, but I think it's more. Because people can do them by them, you know, by themselves. Yeah. Uh, it's mo- what we're trying to focus is on the things that are kind of difficult for people to do by themselves. Okay. You know, so by kind of having an online tribe, it makes it easier to do the more difficult things. So we'll definitely be doing, which is one of my favorite exercises, the breathing and the press ups. Yeah, I you know, think that's so, great. Yeah. Um, showing people how to do that exercise, showing people how to do variations of that exercise, mm. you know, holding your breath in versus holding your breath out when you're doing. So, so for people who don't know, you do the kind of full Wim Hof breathing, and it, a lot of the time when you at the end you breathe all the way out when you're doing Wim Hof method breathing, and you lie there with your breath and you're holding your breath, and it feels beautiful and and it's having all these great benefits. But when we're doing the press up exercise, we do the same f- sequence of breathing but we roll over onto our bellies and we're holding our breath still and you're doing your press-ups as you're holding your breath. And the feeling is amazing. It resets your nervous system. But you start to be able to do more and more and more Fuck press-ups. Fuck, I'm going back. And do, because I, I, do you remember when I was talking to you, I was telling you I was doing 50? Yes. I, and I went from, uh, so 50 on a breath. Yes. On a held breath. So that's what Emma, the instructor, was doing. Yeah. And that was one of the key things for her doing the marathon and the ultramarathon, which okay. she was telling me, was doing the press-ups. Because ultimately... When we're doing press ups with no breath, we're kind of the, the oxygen that we have in our body is being forced deeper into the nervous system. We're getting all these benefits and you get stronger and stronger. So yeah. it's those types of exercises that we'll be doing with the tribe and introducing them so they can do them. They, they know them really well so they can do them by themselves then. Because mm. ultimately, all this stuff we can do by ourselves. Yeah. It's just to try and help people kind of, gives them that little nudge or that little encouragement to kind of do it. But as you're saying, like, we know all this stuff instinctively. We know how to breathe. We know how to deal with the cold. But it definitely helps because it is just when you know, it's just like doing anything. It's just more does the community does help the process of it, of doing it every day and the practice of it that you know, well, you're going to turn up or this is happening. It's an incentive and all that. Yeah. No, very cool. I think we've hit our hour mark more or less. We've been chatting a good bit. It's great, man, as ever. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Cheers. Very good, Frank. Thanks for having us. Also, my fucking um, um, pins and needles all the way up. It's like I'm lifting a hammer here. <laughs> right, that's this one off. That's an hour on the money.
fuck they've we, we, lost the flavour of it there but anyway because we're talking such gold here we're turning it back <laughs> on um, that I think when you do a course over a long period of time and this is just maybe something that you might I think it gives you the sense of okay I've done this this week I've done this the yes. next week I've got stronger and stronger and stronger so then obviously because you start to feel like a little bit of a a wannabe super human yeah. That's why, obviously, Emma's able to go. She obviously must have done all the courses, not just yeah. to, to kind of keep pushing that, pushing that, pushing that. She said, fuck it, I'm going to run a marathon. Yeah. yeah. She went She went straight to Poland as a participant, I think, in the in the winter expedition, having not really done much Wim Hof stuff at all. Yeah. So she threw herself straight in, into the deep end. Um, but you, you, what you're saying there is right. When you start to do the, the old 10-week course online, there's a real emphasis on um, timing how long you can hold your breath for yeah counting how many press ups you can do progression through the time on the in the cold and what you find is that when you start looking at it, you're like Jesus I can hold my breath now for two minutes and, or I can do 50 press ups now you know or I can a, do a, these exercises that are just really peculiar yeah and it's like there's a sense of progression the way they, they designed it was very clever because for our kind of western minds to convince the mind that we can do it, we need this kind of progression towards the end kind of goal. Yeah. So, but there are points at which, so that's that's good, that progression is good, but there are points at which then you have to kind of let go with the counting. Yes. And not worry about how many press-ups you have done and kind of not worry about how long you're in the in the cold for and just, that's where the real potential kind of lies is when you take off those. I think it's the pushing, I think the whole thing, and we it's pushing beyond the limitations of what the thinking mind says is possible. Yes. The thinking mind just goes, no, 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 no. And then suddenly, after that you've done this thing, it still is there, no, 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 no. It's just moved to a new place, yes. the no, 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 exactly. no. And it, you keep going right here and never be able to do that, but it's you started off here, yes. no, 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 no. So it is obviously, in the end, it's shutting up the thinking fucking restricted, yes. limited mind. And I can I can clearly remember the point where that kind of fell away for me, or as fell away as much as it is at the moment. Is that as part of the instructor training, we were we had to go up Schneidzka, the massive mountain. It was, it was pretty cold and quite quite blizzardy, and I remember being halfway up it. I'm sweating. I was roasting. Mm. I'm feeling the sweat on my hand. I'm kind of being surprised by it and looking at it and thinking. Part of me was like, ah. Oh, because this means now that I'm way capable of way more than I ever thought I was. There was no yeah. way a year before that I would have been able to go up that mountain. Yeah. There's no way I would have been able to go up that mountain in a pair of shorts. I would have said I'd kill myself. Yeah. Be killed by the experience. There is an, what I would have thought was impossible to go up that mountain in a pair of shorts and be sweating, be hot enough that I was sweating. Mm. And there was a part of me that went, the part of me that kind of died at that point because I had to let go of whatever limitations I was putting on myself and mm. I had to look at my hand and go ah oh, fuck this actually means that we can do, this proves to me that we can do more than we think we can yeah and it was at that point then it was like okay if the limitations is off as far as I believe they're off at the moment what else can we do and that kind of opens up a whole world of, of potential when the mind actually says oh you've convinced yourself that you can do loads more okay now what what's next yeah and sometimes in the really really cold cold really cold freezing cold water in in poland you know when you're when you're 
in the ice and it's just pure ice and you're, you're here and you're deep in your mind to the point at which you think I can take on the world mm. and you kind of that's the point you want to get out and you kind of want to carry that with you and I think once those once you're kind of chipping away at those limitations we put on in the, in the mind and that's what the cold does it slowly chips away at them yeah. then things like running a marathon or running an ultra marathon or going up Everest in your shorts they become possible not because we're physically different than the other person it's because the limitations have been slowly chipped away yeah I'm really fascinated by that I've actually decided to do a sports psychology course in um, September and just to get a sense of what is it this thing that says we say oh I can't do that I can't do that it's like when I'm running a marathon I kind of go or running yeah. it's oh blah 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 this is horrible blah 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 blah, blah all the time yeah. and then the same voice at the end goes I'm I great I did all this yeah. I, I ran today but it's it's really that those thinking things are not it's like a bystander yeah really to what's happening in terms of the cold exposure or in terms of pushing beyond that really it has to kind of catch up then yeah. if yeah this is a different conversation in a way there but, but when I think back to my my basketball career the, the the moments in my career where I think you know that was the best I've ever played mm. were the moments that I can't remember any of it yeah where where the, the kind of mental process and the physical body and the game and everything was just flowing as one one thing mm. I have vague memories of, of whatever match it was but let's say you, let's say you score 30 something points in an international match or something it is those times where everything is just moving when you're not really thinking mm. and you know that's kind of what we're getting at when we're kind of breathing it's kind of what we're getting at mm. when we're, we're getting into cold it's getting us to the state well that stupid part of the brain mm. that will be saying to you oh god you've scored 10 points now do you think you can score another 10 in the second half yeah. well that's gone yeah where you're just like i'm not even thinking and at the end of the match you've done amazingly well without thinking because there's no you haven't set a limit on, or, or you haven't said to myself oh I want to score 28 points and when you get to 28 points you're kind of some psychological part stops then mm. it's like if you remove all that what are we capable of and somehow then this um, it opens the door really to potentiality really that's what it does in, in its kind of it's a bit esoteric, but that's what it is kind of doing the whole Wim Hof cold, whatever you want to call it. It's all it's doing is here's something you said that under no circumstances could you, would you possibly do. The last thing on this planet you would do is a cold shower. Yeah. And then suddenly you're, you're doing it and you're doing it and you're doing it. And that is not true anymore. It's yes. just, yeah. And, very then, fucking and, interesting. and then the next bit is, as you said, God, I did the cold shower. Maybe I can get into the sea. Oh, but I'm not a sea swimmer. And then you're in the sea a lot. Yeah. And it's like, right, that limitation's now gone. Yeah. And you kind of move on to the next one. And really kind of the, the cold helps us experience that gradual building. But that's the same in all parts of our life. Mm. You know, if, if, if we allow ourselves, we can have that kind of gradual building, doing things that we previously thought we couldn't do mm. or doing things that we previously thought were impossible if we allow ourselves to do it. Mm. So that's when we talked about the Wim Hof method fits in this nice little box here. And that allows us to do all these things that we think are nearly impossible. Yeah. But we can actually do lots of other things that are nearly impossible if we allow yeah. ourselves 
And maybe the Wim Hof method is the permission we need to go and do those things. Yeah. Um, to trick the mind into saying, oh, well, I'm doing the Wim Hof method. I should be able to do that now. Mm. Um, it gives us kind of a little bit of permission to do it. Yeah. Rather than saying to ourselves, okay, I'm going to dissolve all the limitations in my mind. Yeah, um, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you, <laughs> you need that little kind of program to get you there, whatever that program yeah, whatever is. Yeah, whatever that program is. And it can be lots of different things. It doesn't have to be Wim Hof method, but mm. you often need something to kind of get you yeah i mean fuck it like i mean it could sound like we're try, uh, trying to sell something here we're so enthusiastic about it in the end <laughs> you have to find out for yourself yeah yeah absolutely. simple as that yeah all right second goodbye the <laughs> <laughs> <A> long goodbye <laughs>Hi, if you like the conversation that I just had and you'd like more, please hit the subscribe button. Thank you. Frank, Frank, what a man.